Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Matthew Potts. I'm the plumber professor of Christian morals at Harvard University. I'm also the Pusey minister, the senior minister at uh, the Memorial Church of Harvard University. For me, the goal of meaning making or making meaning or whatever, the, the goal of it in almost every case, and I'm not, you know, I'm a Harvard trained scholar, so we don't like to speak in universals, right? But this is about as close as I'll get to one. In almost every case, it seems to me that that meaning making is about we finite creatures trying to come to some peaceful terms with the irrefutable fact of our finitude, right? Um, and one strategy by which we do that, I think, is to insist upon denying the fact of our finitude and to say, like, well, you know. I will have infinitude. I, I I have access to eternity in a in a very narrow sense of sort of my individual kind of consciousness will persist for all time. It began at some point in the past, but it will persist for all time. And I've that was something I you know I I placed a lot of deep faith in in my my teens and 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 twenties, early twenties, and and um and it's a you know it's. It's something that a lot of the people I serve hold on to, and I'm not not necessarily. I guess I have been judging it or begrudging it um, in some of what I've said so far. But to me, the 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 idea of moving away from that and trying instead to to reframe the the fact of our own finitude away from the urge for to escape it, and instead to try to to think about um, loving relationship or social relationship as the way that we are, you know, as, as the thing that we have that, that frames our limit, but also which kind of defines our limit. You know, I, I am a finite creature, but I have these ties to others, to, to the people I love, uh, and the people I could love or could bring myself to love or ought to love to generations that precede me and to generations to come and beyond just people, right? To a created world and a created order and to, I would say, right, to God. I mean, those relationships are the ones that kind of both situate me and therefore describe the limits around me, but also they are the ways by which I am allowed to exceed the the bonds of myself or the, the bounds of myself and, and, and and come to some peace, as I said, with with what it means to be finite and bounded, 
as a human person. So, so turning towards the social, turning towards relationship, understanding the self is fundamentally relational, um, means acknowledging that we have some limit, which is a scary thing. That we are limited in time, right, is a scary thing, because uh, who wants to be limited in time? Um, but, but it also is a comfort because because acknowledging those limits also means looking on the other side of those limits where my wife is, where my children are, where my parents are, where where my good friends are, where all these other folks who 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 deserve my love or to whom I ought to give the attention of my love, where those folks are and gives me the opportunity to, to build connections, to real connections there, to build loving connections there. And you know, out of the tradition I come from, God is love, right? And so those loving connections are actually the thing. That actually is the thing that that we ought to be aiming for. That is the kind of the most blessed thing. Um, and so doing that, although it can be frightening at times or existentially frightening because it means acknowledging our limit, also means getting the chance to touch, to 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 have a taste of the most precious and holy thing I think there is, which is which is love. Right. And so it's a it's a it's a daunting thing sometimes and not always an easy thing and uh, sometimes an existentially panicking thing. Um, But it's also, you know, it's also for me anyway, in most cases, a a blessing and a source of, of peace and comfort. One of my favorite theological quotes is from the reformer Martin Luther, and he didn't actually say it, so it's a fake quote. I think it's apocryphal. Scholars don't believe this was actually one of his true, real sayings. But the story goes that someone once asked Martin Luther what he would do if he knew that tomorrow the world was ending. And he responded, I would plant a tree in my garden. Is the holiness of the tree, the blessedness of the tree, is that it will become a mighty oak one day or because it will you know, triumph above, you know, over all trees and, and spread its limbs over the canopy. Those are great and glorious things. And we can see trees that reach that state and marvel at their beauty and, and, and the way that they interact with our environment and so forth. But from Mar- what Luther is pointing to is that, you know, the beauty of planting a tree is planting the tree. I mean, that, that act is, is what is beautiful and blessed about it. And, and I really think about that. I mean, I think a lot of this developed for me when i when my wife and i started to have children and the utter terror of the first time i held my first child in my hands after she was born um like joy absolute joy also because because i i didn't realize that i could love something i had never seen before or met so much but i did love her utterly um but also just that knowing that that she also is finite and that she also will die it was terrifying, right? And and uh, the piece that I have had to come to as a parent is just to believe that I don't know her future. I don't know my other children's future. I'm scared of what might come because I want them to live forever. But I also know that, you know, holding my child today, like I gave Cammie a hug before she went to school this morning, right? As I do every morning. Like whatever else happens, that embrace is precious. Nothing in the future is going to take away the value of that embrace, even though the moment has passed, even though it too is passing like everything else. 
and sort of and the other things that I did when she was an infant, bathing her, you know, putting her to sleep, feeding her a bottle, even the stuff that's not so fun, you know, like Luther, even in one of his essays, talked about washing your child's dirty diapers. This is sacred too, because it is an act of love. And um and what I do is I just I just try to remind myself that that the sacredness of those moments is indefatigable like they make their stand against whatever else will come and other stuff's going to come i know that just because they're human my children will suffer i know because they're human my children will die but the kind of intensity and the immensity of the sacredness of the moments of their just the fact of their existence however finite and temporary it is it just sort of it makes it stand against whatever else there is and I, that's and i and i want to make my own stand in the same place right the other thing I think about sort of, and this is just sort of when I have those kind of, either when I feel the urge towards like, oh, I want eternity because like everything else fades away, then what's the point? But also when I just get sort of frightened about the fact that there is an end, you know, I th- I think about sort of the experience of time is, you know, and I'm not a scientist and I don't, I don't claim to understand the the astrophysics or quantum physics of any of this, but, you know, the, that the experience of time is linear seems to me to be a, a peculiarity of, of just human consciousness. And that from what I understand of scientific understand descriptions of the way time works is that, you know, it, it's not only deeply related to space, but um, could even be mapped out the way space is. And, you know, when I think about myself, I, I'm okay with being limited in space. This is my spot. I am in Massachusetts right now. This is my spot. And I just remind myself that I also have a place in time, that this is my place in time. This is it. And this spot in time is connected to all other spots in time, and I'm related to the rest of things, and I can try to to, um, to, to really plumb the depths of that relationship and to investigate and explore the, the, the limits of where I begin and the, the rest of everything else, or where I end and the rest of everything else begins. Um, yeah, and so that's just kind of a, a sort of a salve I have to my own existential panic, but but really, you know, the the heart of it is what I said before. It's planting a tree in your garden, even if you know the world's ending. Loving a child that you know will die. The the fact that those things come to an end, I think, can't can't really undo or undermine the holiness or sacredness of the fact that they have existed and that they that they are and and were. Making meaning is a limited series from Ministry of Ideas. It is produced by me, Zachary Davis, and Jack Pombriand. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support us by sharing the show with your friends, subscribing, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, visit our website at ministryofideas.org. You can connect with us on Twitter, where we're at Ministry of Ideas. You can also email us at Zachary at ministryofideas.org. We would love to hear from you. Ministry of Ideas is a proud member of Hub & Spoke, Boston-centric collective of smart, idea-driven podcasts. You can check out all of our shows at hubspokeaudio.org.